0: On June 16, 1946, five members of the Van Olst family arrived at the Devil's Den State Park in western Arkansas to spend a week in a cabin they had rented. After getting unpacked, the father, along with his daughter, who was eight years old, named Catherine, and her two older brothers, They headed down to the swimming area to, you know, refresh themselves. Because it had been a long trip. And, you know, they needed to stretch their limbs, you know, have fun, as kids do. As their father just sat on the edge. Now, there was a deep section against right. Dam Wall, where you were allowed to swim, but and the kids were not strong swimmers, tended to stay away from, and Catherine was not a great swimmer. "'And at one point she kind of drifted into the deep section, and her father didn't notice, and her two brothers didn't notice. "'But a woman who was staying at the campground, who was Van Al's family didn't know, ...happened to be standing next to the edge of the water and saw Catherine struggling. So she reached in and pulled her out and Catherine was fine. And the woman told her, you gotta be more careful. You shouldn't be swimming in the deep end if you're not a strong swimmer. And Catherine said, okay. And so they're talking. Catherine's father hears them and looks over and sees his daughter talking to some stranger. So he makes a sound and waves in their direction to get this woman's attention... To be like, hey, you know, what are you doing? Talking to my daughter. And this woman, she sees this and she must be a mother herself because she picked up on his uncomfortability. So she turns to him and says, oh no, everything is okay. I was just helping your daughter get out because she was struggling. Everything is fine. So Catherine's father turns to his daughter and says, you got to be more careful. Don't go in the deep end. And Catherine's like, okay. Instead of going back into the water, Catherine walks to the backside of the dam because this dam, it was not steep drop on the outflow side. It was like a gradual slope of these big boulders. And the kids at this campground would climb all over and their parents would watch them from their positions next to the swimming area. And so Catherine's father was watching his two sons and then he looked over to watch Catherine back and forth and you know he kept his eye on all of his kids but at some point when he was looking at his sons he looked back at Catherine and she was nowhere to be found so he stood up he walked over thinking maybe she's hiding or maybe she went all the way to the bottom she's just out of sight she's crouched down or something but when he got to the edge and looked down she wasn't there so he's looking all around and he's thinking to himself this is impossible I just saw her on the rocks like seconds ago. Where could she have gone? So he looks at his sons who are still in the swimming area and says, Hey, have you seen Catherine? And they're like, No, we haven't seen her sorry. Then he turns to the woman that had previously pulled Catherine out of the water and he asks her the same question, Have you seen my daughter? And she says, No, the last time I saw her was on the rocks and I don't know where she went. So before long, Catherine's father is screaming for Catherine. He's enlisted the help of everybody at the campground That's in the vicinity to go look for his daughter. There are people jumping into the swimming area up top on the boulders. People are going to the back of the dam. I mean, the whole area is getting searched and there's no sign of this girl. And about after an hour of looking, Catherine's father went and got the police. After two days of searching the very thick forest that surrounded this dam and finding no trace of Catherine authorities decided it was far more likely she had drowned, either above or below the dam. than it was that she wandered into the woods, considering where she was last seen. So they shifted focus and began draining these two sections of the water to see if her body would be at the bottom. But when they were drained, she wasn't there. And so once again, they were back to searching the forest. And so on June 2nd, Six days after Catherine went missing, a group of searchers were located seven miles away into the forest where they were walking up this mountain and they're yelling Catherine's name. They're walking. They stop when this little girl wearing only a bathing suit walks out of a cave, looks down at them, and just says, Here I am. The searchers couldn't believe it. It was Catherine. And besides, some scratches on her arms and some bug bites. She She seemed like she was perfectly fine. In fact, they would say she was eerily calm. It was like she was waking up from a dream. She was reunited with her family who could not believe she was still alive. They brought her to the hospital and the doctors looked at her and said, Yep, besides some superficial cuts and some bug bites, she's she's perfectly fine. Two days later, later she was discharged as 8 years old. She's never spent any time in the woods before, and this is her first exposure to a trip to the Devil's Den. Somehow survives in the state park on her own in the wild for six days and six nights with only a bathing suit, and despite there being no portable water anywhere, she found out that she climbed up the mountain and was decently hydrated. You also need to understand the staggering distance she covered, because while she was found seven miles away from where she went missing, that's as the crow flies, that's what you see on a map. Seven miles in the wild, you don't walk in a perfect straight line, there's too many obstructions, there's mountains and trees, there's all sorts of reasons that you end up zig and zagging. To wherever you're going, so the wet rescuers believe in a minimum real distance she covered to get to that cave was about 30 miles, and she did it barefoot. Catherine defied every search and rescue model for eight year olds that get lost in the forest the while, and she was way outside the boundaries that anyone would expect her to be, considering she went missing only six days prior. And everyone expected her to be dead. So when authorities asked her, you know, how did you do this? She said, I don't know, I don't remember how I got lost in the first place. I only remember sleeping on warm grass the first night. And then her next memory sorry, is waking up inside of the cave on day six. She has no idea what happened between day one and day six. When she traveled those 30 miles and somehow resisted all the elements of the wild and stayed hydrated in this very weird case, she got lucky. But other things, there was something in the forest that was chasing her, and adrenaline kicked in, and the reason she cannot remember is because her brain is trying to forget the experience but virtually all the missing all the a lot of the missing people that go bye bye in the forest usually don't come back so this girl was very lucky to be found and we're still left with questions more questions than we are answers. Number two, the friend. <coughs> on April ninth, 2001, six-year-old Haley Zega was on a hike with her grandparents in a very rural part of Arkansas, called the Upper Buffalo Wilderness Area. For an area to be deemed a wilderness area, that means no vehicles of any kind can come through there, making it incredibly remote and incredibly wild, hence the name. They had taken this trail that brought them up to the top of this bluff and was about 200 feet higher than where they had started, and they got to this incredible overlook and they were looking down over this river and that at some point at about 11 in the morning they turn around to head back on the return trip by around 11.30. They're making their way down and Haley spots a waterfall that's off the side of the path and she wants to go closer. So she asks her parents, can we check out this waterfall? And the parents, grandparents kind of scope it out and it seems like the only way they can get down to view this waterfall would be by literally climbing a tree and descending over this cliff and it was something the grandparents didn't feel comfortable letting their granddaughter do. So they told Haley, no, we need to keep going. We're not going to go check out the waterfall. And Haley, being a six-year-old, she really wanted to see this waterfall. So as her grandparents kept trying to get her to go and to follow them, she just kept fighting to get her way, and she threw tantrums. She sat on the trail and said, well, if you're not going to take me to the waterfall, then I'm not going to move. You're going to have to carry me. And the grandparents are like, we're not going to carry you. You need to be a big girl. I need you to stand up and start walking with us. And Haley refused. And so her grandparents said, okay, we're going to leave you. And they turned around and they kept walking down the trail, not far, and they were totally still in view. And broad daylight they would turn around expecting their granddaughter to stand up and kind of begrudgingly walk after them and at some point she did Haley stood up and she's like okay you know what wait for me so she starts wait walking down to the grandparents and they're like all right and they're still walking in front of Haley but Haley would just slow down more and more and more and her grandparents could tell that she was doing this just trying to be frustrating and she was intentionally trying to take as long as she could, but the grandparents made sure they could they kept her in their views, and they would walk a little ways they turn she'd be right there they'd walk a little ways they turn she'd be right there, and then at some point when they turned, she wasn't there, so the grandparents immediately run back and they're looking around for Haley, thinking she probably darted behind a tree to hide because she wants to you know be a little bit more, more frustrating so they're kind of looking for her they're not that worried yet but then they start yelling for her saying come on we gotta leave you know come on but there was no word from Haley it was just silence and she was gone For the next 90 minutes the grandparents just ran all up all up and down this trail screaming for Haley getting more worried by the second and they never found her so they ran down and called the police The largest search and rescue mission in the history of Arkansas was launched for Haley Zega. It included hundreds of searchers on the ground, including eight dog teams. Eight dog teams. That's a lot of dogs who are trained to sniff out people. That's a lot. There were helicopters overhead. The National Guard and firefighters were involved, but in two days, despite this incredible search, she was still nowhere to be found. No progress was made, but the only thing that had been found was by the one of the dog teams had tracked her sent nearby to a road where the dog stopped, meaning the scent is now gone, and unfortunately, what that told investigators is it looks like Kaylee got picked up by some motorist. 51 hours into the ordeal there were two searchers well outside of the primary search area and they were about two miles away from where she had gone missing they spotted her and she was sitting next to this brook with her feet dangling in the water and when she saw them she kind of waved and they say are you Haley zega and she said yeah and she had a couple of scratches on her arm and her face but overall she seemed okay that's my baby sister And she was reunited with her family and she was brought to the hospital. But after they inspected her and they said she was perfectly fine. She was a little dehydrated and, you know, hungry from this ordeal from being in the forest. And when investigators asked her what happened, she said she was walking behind her grandparents and that She looked down, and then when she looked up again, they weren't there. But she was looking at this wall of trees, and she was not on the trail anymore. She didn't know where she was, and since she was only six years old, she didn't stop and look around or yell. Instead, she just kept walking in this direction, and she didn't recognize. And she walked and walked, and she never found the trail again. She said pretty soon it got dark, and she slept on top of that bluff. And then the next day when the sun came out, she walked down the bluff, and she made it to the river, and then she walked along the river until she found a cave where she slept for the second night, and then the next day when she got up, she was found. After she gave this explanation, investigators had a lot of questions. Like, if you were sleeping up on the bluff on that first night then why couldn't the helicopter see you? Because that's all they were doing, was flying over that bluff. And they had thermal imaging, which is a kind of method that they use um, when they're looking for someone searching. um, And it detects body heat. So they were looking for signs of her body heat. (laughs) And they didn't find any. So they asked her, Are you sure that's where you were? And she said, Yeah, that's where Alicia told me to stay. And they were like, Who's Alicia? And she said, Oh, she's my imaginary friend. I met her on the bluff. And so immediately the investigators and the parents are like, Okay, she's clearly coping with this traumatic event by creating this imaginary friend. So they didn't really ask any more questions about the imaginary friend. Instead, they continue to ask questions about basically how she got from where she was lost to where she was found. And they say, Okay, Haley, how did you get down to the bluffs? Because there's only one way down, and it can be hard to find, especially if you're off the trail. And Haley said, Well, Alicia brought me here. Alicia brought me down the bluffs. And she stood in front of me and made sure that I didn't fall forward and so her parents and the investigators are now starting to think maybe this isn't an imaginary friend if this person is right in front of her kind of propping her up so they asked Haley you know can you describe what Alicia looks like and Haley said sure she has black hair brown eyes she's a little bit shorter than me she's four years old she likes to tell jokes and she likes to sing songs Then Haley began singing songs that she had learned from Alicia. And she began telling jokes she had learned from Alicia, even though Haley was giving this vivid description of this four-year-old girl named Alicia running around the bluffs. It just couldn't be possible. When they finally just gave up, on Alicia then they accepted that she was probably just an imaginary friend and it was just a simple coping mechanism and so the investigators just went back to doing their interview with Haley and then they got all the information about how she got from the bluffs to the river as much as they could and then because Haley was fine they said okay you're good see you later now and Haley's case was a really big deal and it was all over the news especially After she was found so her interview where she said this imaginary friend named Alicia had assisted her in getting down the bluffs and had basically taken care of her, that was put in print. And after it was published, there were some readers that recognized there was another little girl who had gone missing in the exact same spot as Haley, 23 years earlier. She was four years old, she had black hair, brown eyes, Her name was Alana, and she died on those bluffs. After this connection was made, it got national media attention because suddenly news outlets were saying this imaginary friend was actually Alana and that she was Haley's guardian angel. In fact, Haley was brought in on Dateline to talk about her imaginary friend. This year, Haley, who is now 25 years old, posted a video to her YouTube channel, And she tells her story of what happened over those 51 hours she was gone. And in the story, she talks about her imaginary friend. And she says, you know, before Alicia, I never had an imaginary friend. And afterwards, I never had another imaginary friend. But at the time, Alicia was very real to me. And I don't know who, what she was, but she saved my life. Investigators still don't know if, how it was possible, but I can, I can definitely sense some supernatural stuff going on. Anyway, that is going to be it for this episode. If you liked it, make sure to follow or subscribe or whatever you do on this thing. I'm not really sure. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is also a um, and follow me on Twitch, which is also 8 5. <laughs> Um, YouTube channel is actually A Deviant, because someone's on my name. Um, I'm getting these stories, or they are inspired by Mr. Ballin, who is also on YouTube, so make sure to also go subscribe to him. Anyway, see you guys later. Peace. Love.